What is the opposite of complexity? That is the question <laughs> that I explored in this wonderful conversation with the wise owl and elder that is Rod Griffiths. In exploring what is complexity and what is the opposite of complexity, we looked at many, we went through many areas in this conversation. Beauty and design, existentialism, aesthetics, the role of our nervous system, as well as how we actively move away from complexity, how we protect ourselves from it. We live in a highly complex world. I think, if anything, COVID has shown us that, which is one thing that we explore. But how do we deal with it? Is complexity something we can define? Or is it something that we feel? We also talked about surrendering to it, and just being in it, as opposed to needing to do something whilst in complexity. This is a fantastically gentle, yet deep conversation. And what is the opposite of complexity? Well, explore this conversation and you'll find out. So enjoy, Rod. Rod, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we thought we'd get together and have a conversation and see where it goes. Yeah. Um, I was wondering whether we could take it into the world of complexity. Mm -hmm. um, we met before Christmas and you asked me a very interesting question, which was, what is the opposite of complexity? And the most immediate response is simplicity, but that was not the answer, was it? No. <laughs> What was the answer? Reductionism. Now, where did that leave you? For me, it was... Well, we ought to say it's about reducing things into parts, into components. Yes. So we can understand each part and the way it works and use that as a way of understanding, presumably, the complex. The complex. Yes. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. No. No. Because you miss the essence of what the complexity is all about. It's about. Because you've only got bits. Yes. You know, and the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. It's that yeah. proposition. I think when you put that forward, it was... Do you ever get those moments when somebody explains something or puts words to something that you've been struggling and mm. feel around the edges of? Mm. And then somebody just goes, oh, because it's this. Mm. And then you're like, oh, wow, now I have the words and the framework to actually mm. come out of the subjective and into the objective. And now I can almost take it out of me and now I can look mm. and, and play. That's mm. what I got when you, mm. Mm. when you. Yeah. Because and been, I do experience that a lot. And it's a lot of what I do as well. As people say to me, Rod, where did that come from? Because 
I mean, with the groups of people I work with, <clears throat> I often don't say much. I do also spend a lot of time listening mm. and then have the ability to sort of summarise where we've got to, but at a higher level, which embraces the complexity of the situation. Mm. And people say to me, as I said, you know, Rod, where did that come from? It's amazing that you can pull it all back together like that. Now, I regard that as part of, um, well, obviously having some experience, but also the elder role within the group. Mm. And I'm keen on um, developing more the idea of being an elder, yeah. um, either a consulting elder or a systems elder or a complexity elder yeah. or whatever you want to call it, but yeah. in all this stuff about how the world works in its most complex ways, mm. interestingly complex. Yes. Yes. So before we go into complexity, let's explore reducing things. Mm -hmm. what, what, what is it in our human nature that wants to reduce things? Because it seems like that's the default mm -hmm. rather than wanting to stay mm -hmm. with the complexity. Mm -hmm. Let me just say before we go into that, that that question I asked you, what's the opposite of complexity, came from Nora Bateson. Mm. Um, and she's been working with quite a few of us here uh, about her father's ideas in um, sort of complexity theory, systems yeah. philosophy. And it's been a reawakening for me, certainly, about all mm. this stuff. So uh, I just need to say at the beginning that that's mm. where it's coming from. Yes. And um, I think in answer to your question, you would say, because things holding complexity is very uncomfortable for people because of the uncertainties attached to it. You don't have a fixed answer. You don't quite know what's going to happen. You don't know where things are going. Mm. But if you can reduce it into bits, you can be more confident about the behavior of the bit. Yes. And so you don't have to live with the same level of uncertainty. And you can do things with the bits. You can jump into them and change them in a way it's much more difficult to change the, the complex. Mm. So it's easier to live life with things in bits. Yes. <laughs> and I think for me, so I've been exploring um, personally, um, both psychologically and somatically, the role of the nervous system mm -hmm. and how that can almost take over mm -hmm. the way we think and view what's going on mm -hmm. around us. And so with complexity and uncertainty, um, that can be quite triggering to the nervous system. And then I've noticed that as soon as our nervous system gets fired up, we will do everything and anything to down-regulate it mm -hmm. or defire it mm -hmm. and chunking things back down in and reducing them into small components that have a certain amount of predictability and certainty of outcome mm -hmm. then is a mechanism to down-regulate the nervous system mm -hmm. and then bring us an amount of serenity back into mm -hmm. that nervous system um, and provides a sense of safety mm. and comfort. Mm. Um, the challenge there, though, is as a repeated behavior, 
I can see how that cuts us off, almost cut, begins to cut, cut us off from the beauty of the rest of the yes. world and life and nature yes. and, and, and everything. And in going through that mechanism, we can begin to tell ourselves stories and narratives to make it feel all right. Yes. Because there's got to be a part of us that deep down knows that we're doing this pattern of behaviors to give ourselves this greater mm. sense of mm. ease. So we'll dress it up with some stories and narratives of how we think life's like. Mm. And there we start to see these narratives grow about what life's like when really it's moving away from mm. I wouldn't say the truth of things. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I think what we end up is what, again, Nora would call scripts. Yeah. So it's our stories that we repeat and repeat and repeat because they're mm. safe space mm. and they explain things. And we're, we all do that. Yeah, oh, 100%. And um, the, the trick is to accept that, in, well, with the bits, you can, as I say, you can do things, you can change them, you can move forward, you can take action. Um, if you're in complexity, it's a question of being with it rather yes. than doing it or doing anything to it. Yes. So it's the way you embrace complexity and radiate who you are through that complexity that people will begin to understand it. Mm. So it's not a question of um, triggering something. It's a question of staying with it. Yes. And being in it. Yes. Yeah. Being part of it being part of it and understanding that as part of it you change it as well yes yeah because there's it we have a modern day culture of you know go out hustle get things done mm. do 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 mm. and yet to actually sit and be with complexity mm. is almost the opposite mm. of that. Mm. But then it ends up, you end up doing things at a much bigger, bigger level. Does that make sense? But just by being. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. The doing is being. The doing is being. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which to many will sound very counterintuitive. Yes, and people wonder what on earth we're talking about as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you want to have a go at it? <laughs> providing some examples? Oh, this or, is where I get stuck, actually. Um, because I, I don't need examples. No. And so when people say, give me an example, I always find it difficult because of yes. I mean, there's sim simple. <laughs> there's things in the systems world that are easy to give examples of. So if we start from there, we might get into something about complexity. Yeah. But um, you know, there's there's the emergent property of a system. So what does a system as a whole exhibit that's not shown by the parts? So mm. if you take hydrogen and water at room temperature, they don't represent. They don't have a property of liquidity. Yeah. But you combine them, and they do. So there's something about the system of water mm. 
that's not in its components, which makes it liquid. Now, where yeah. does that come from? <laughs> and complexities like that, that um, the parts don't have the same properties as the whole. Yes. And um, I mean, if you, we often use the word, um, well, let's, let's, let's think of something that's quite complex. I mean, the international travel system. Hmm. And um, what were examples we're looking for? I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, examples of where just being. Just being. Is the doing. Yeah. Ah, oh, yes, that's right. Um, Well, I think an example would be developing an understanding of something so you're not surprised when it doesn't behave in the way you expect it to. Mm. So that if you take um, the international travel system, I mean airlines and other forms of transport, um, when the virus came, people were surprised by the way it collapsed. Now, if you were in the being of that, you would be quite cool about that because you would know that the whole thing was very precarious anyway. Yes. And so it just needed a small thing to change. Yes. And uh, the whole thing would change and mm. would, may, may never go back to the same thing. Yeah. So um, in this unit that I help run at, uh, in the master's program, one of the units here, people are talking about whether COVID was a black swan event. Now, black swan events don't work very well in Western Australia because black swans are <laughs> yes. normal. <laughs> yes, exactly. But that's, again, an interesting part of the complex of it. Mm. But where the group ended up was that the pandemic itself was not a black swan event because uh, people have been saying a, plan, a pandemic is going to come sometime anyway, we don't know when. Yes. But the implications of it, what happened from it, of transport systems collapsing, for example, mm -hmm. uh, was a black swan event because nobody anticipated it. Now, if you're seriously in complexity, I think you'd be cool with it because yeah. it's quite obvious in a way that if you um, embrace it, mm. then you realise how precarious it is. And as I say, one small change, the whole thing mm. disappears. I think, yeah. That might not be a good example, but it's I just what happens to have come up. Yeah. I, I went into it from a, a sort of technical Yes. to viewpoint, but it's much softer. The, the example needs to be much softer than that. Hmm. I think anybody, I think following on from that, anyone who is clinging and hoping to get back to normal is busy trying to do, do that, yes. that grabbing yes. doing, as opposed to, I spent quite a bit of time from the middle of last year onwards, surrendering to the fact that we live in a highly complex, systematic world that has probably gone way past where um, a level of simplicity that we can keep mm. control of it. And that it, we probably let it get out of control layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. Well, we, we probably didn't recognise that it wasn't controllable. Yes. 
And it's really interesting, I reckon, how, if you take transport as an example, that that enabled COVID to spread. Yes. Because people flying around the world have been spreaders. Mm. And mm. again, that's part of the complexity of it, that it actually made it worse. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I think the other place where I've encountered this wrestling with complexity is it's very easy for those of a conspiritual bent to look at the economy and say oh there's a small amount of people that completely control it reductionism reductionism <laughs> yes exactly there's a small amount of people that can that control it whereas Again, I believe it's probably a system that's just become so big. There are those that have become very adept at surfing the wave. Mm. Very adept at surfing the wave. And probably those mm. that have become quite adept at poking it here and poking it there. Mm. I control the whole thing. We can all do that. Well, we can. Yes, we're all as good as that as the economists. Mm. Because if we change our behaviour, then the system is, or the complexity is going to change as well. Mm. I mean, if we'd all said to ourselves, right, well, um, these viruses spread like wildfire, and um, the best thing to do is to just stop everything for a few weeks, and I'm going to start and tell other people to do that, the whole thing would have been a different outcome. Mm. But because we expect to be told what to do, mm. rather than take it on board, we then fight the rules. Yes. And people see it as rules rather than a, a disease that's spreading. Yes. So the, the worldview of what it's about shifts again. It's not about helping contain a virus, it's about living with rules or circumventing rules or breaking rules. Or yes. <laughs> And, and, and reacting to the fact that rules have been Rule, imposed yes, upon me, yes. which can be deeply triggering yes. from childhood and yes. school. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. I think, um, and interesting how Australia's gone better with rules than almost any other country. <laughs> it is, yes. Yeah, we're quite compliant there. Mm. But again, there's that part of where the origins of modern Australia came from, that it was about rules and compliance. Mm. If you think back, it's the origins of it all. Yes, very strictly so. Yes. So, without wanting to reduce. <laughs> no, I think it's okay as long as you know what you're doing. Yes. How would you, and this is an enormous question, how would one describe complexity, or is it something that one feels? Well, my answer to that is it's something that one feels. Yes. But um, there's a framework that's around, which when I was first taught, was saying that things, and I have to do it this way to remember it, things can be complex without being complicated. Mm. So it went simple, complex, complicated, chaotic. Mm. 
and that was a useful way. It's part of the systems course I did years and years ago. So this is 1970s. And since then, it's been claimed by a guy called David Snowden mm. as a Welsh name, Sniffin Framework, C-Y-N-E-F-I-N. Mm. And he goes simple, complicated, complex, chaotic. So this switch, this complicated and cut, it gets switched round. Right. Now, um, I believe that things, the, the original way around, things can be complicated without being complex. Sorry, complex without being complicated is the better way around because complex is easier to get hold of than something that's really, really, really complicated. Yes. And interestingly, in that framework, there's always a co-thing, so... Um, collaborate and co-design and things and but nothing in the chaotic box and I think that's actually the most important one for co-working because it's co-create you know because yeah. everything's up in the air and yeah. you've got this complete freedom to create the most amazing things mm. so it's, it's a conversation to have with him at some point I don't know when that'll happen but mm. but I think that um, appreciating complexity uh, is a feeling thing yeah, because if you try to analyse it, you inevitably reduce it, mm. and it's the fact that um, it is a complex that's the important thing. It's not what the bits are at all. So that's why I say that um, handling complexity is about you and the way you handle it and the way you uh, appreciate it, the way you embrace it, mm. and people get it from the conversations they have with you rather than being told well analyze it this way yes being given an answer the number of um, always well there's, there's always a, a quest if you like to um, calibrate it put some numbers on it it's got you know this number of um, intersections in it or whatever meeting points or crossing points or something yes not what it's about <laughs> no so how, how does the feeling arise in you just out of interest um excitement sometimes yeah. yeah this is really complex you know yeah fantastic you just can't solve this yeah i think i get the same sort of buzz yeah um for me, there's almost a, a switching off of one thing mm. and then an allowing of another. Mm. Um, instead of, for me, instead of trying to grab, it's almost a, well, I'm going to allow certain patterns mm. or a higher order sense of it to emerge, mm. I think um, doing this podcast has been part of that. Um, in that, there have been many reasons why I, I did it and continue to do mm. it. Um, but some of them I never could have predicted when I was at episode one, two, and three. Mm. But now, you know, when I got to episode 70, 80, 90, and then somebody inconsequentially would just ask you, so 
what have you learned? And all of a sudden, all this great yeah. stuff would come out. And I was like, whoa, yeah. And listening to people's stories, which was the big focus of probably the first 120 mm. odd episodes, listening and listening and listening after a while, Each person's subjective experience was their own, but there seemed to be, I wouldn't say predictability in it, but it, it just made sense listening. Mm. You, know, you could almost hear, well, this and this happened earlier on in my life, and then later on this happened, and you're like, oh, well, that would have had to happen because of this. And then there was this emergent sense about it, not that, I would sit here and say, Prince got it. But they stopped being so surprising. Mm. I was surprised by how things came together, uh, that, that subjective experience. Well, I'd, I'd say two yeah. things. One is, you've probably got a richer view of the world than because of that than anybody I know, because you've been into so many different areas. Mm. But what you also have is you've built up a complex appreciation of all those ways in which people see the world. Yes. Yes. So you've been exposed to complexity in a way that you'd never have anticipated, I think. Hmm. Hmm. Part of the pro part of the approach has been to allow people to tell their stories, to get into their story yeah. with them and ask questions out of curiosity, not to sit back and go, well, that sounds fucking stupid. Yeah. Why didn't you do this? <laughs> you know, or yeah. I'd have never done that myself. Yeah. So, and then allowing part of them to just drop in and drift into me as well. Mm. That sort of deeper levels of listening. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's huge, I think, and probably quite unanticipated where you've got to. Mm. Um, and it's interesting, I find, we're having this conversation at this stage of it all as well, because it, in a way it's you um, appreciating where you've got to with it. Yes. Quite um, seriously. Yeah. It can be overwhelming sometimes. Yes. <laughs> No, seriously, right? Yes. It can be overwhelming some days because you start to see and feel things. Mm. I spent quite a bit of time last year being curious about what people were surprised about, mm. particularly when it came to the difference between the narrative of human nature and what was really showing up. And what people were experiencing. Yes. Yes. And what people were experiencing. Yes. The, whole, the whole business with... Donald Trump and how yeah. he carried out. Yeah. It was just, it was not a surprise to me. Yeah. But what was more interesting was watching people's response to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then things like, and I've mentioned it before on the podcast, in Victoria earlier in the year when they were locking people up in a hotel and then all of a sudden we found out that they've all been shagging one another and it's like, whoa. Well, I was about to happen. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> People have eroded concentration spans. Yes. 
know, once they get bored with their phone yes. and Facebook, yes. what's the next thing they'll do? They'll play with themselves, and when they're bored of that, they'll want somebody yes. else to do it. Yes. <laughs> so, and now at a time when the hospitals are full, there's more babies expected because of people. <laughs> it's, but, but again, that's just being in it. Yeah. Yeah. I had someone a couple of days ago, actually dialing back a little bit to being in it versus wanting to do something, um, that, that urge to grab. Two days ago, in Australia Day, I'd been for a swim at the Polar Bears, standing having a cup of tea and a piece of toast in the sunshine. And someone said, so what are you going to do today? <laughs> My response was, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it right now, what I want to do today, what I'm going to do today, yes. I'm doing it yes. now. Yes. I'm standing with a cup of tea and a piece of toast yes. with my friends in the sunshine. Yes. <laughs> I'm doing it. And there can be this haste, which seems quite benign on the surface, but then when faced with complexity and then faced with events like COVID, all of a sudden, the lack of capacity within the people we share our community mm. with, then gets, well, it gets exposed, mm. but then the deficit then plays out and impact how we may go forwards. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I again put it in terms of we've <clears throat> inadvertently pieced together and it has been from bits and pieces a very fragile and complex system mm. the way we live the way we work the way we travel the way we are the way we eat you know it it's all highly interdependent and you change one bit and the whole thing changes yeah and we're seeing that all the time at the moment mm. so maybe COVID has been um, a real life, live experience of being and living in complexity. Hmm. But no one's, I mean, it's, it's an opportunity to learn from it in that way, if we could put it out that way. Yeah. And you're right, I mean, the, there's no way we go back to normal. The idea of normal isn't yeah. an idea anymore. Because mm. what we thought was normal was actually abnormal. Well, we've just exposed yeah, that, haven't we? <laughs> it's not sustainable. Yeah. Not stable. Hmm. But that, that rises, that brings about questions of Is there such a thing as stable? Hmm. Or is that another narrative that we tell ourselves to feel good? Well, or is it cyclical? stability is in the instability hmm. in that sense, because um, we know that things will keep on shifting and changing and will rebalance themselves if we recognize the new balance. But, um, hmm. Know, because there's a natural, naturally, um, things balance themselves. 
So when something seems to go wrong, it's just rebalancing. Mm. I need another example. <laughs> if you want to put one up. <laughs> well, I guess I'll get challenged on examples. Yeah. Um, you'll have to help. <laughs> yes. I think... We could give examples at this point, or... I, I live my, my I live in a world of concepts and ideas. Yes, and um, I'm constantly refiguring those and re recalibrating them. Hmm. And for me, I don't need examples. No, because I'm quite happy dealing with the concepts. Now, having said that, I'm also very practical. You know, I build things, design things, make things, and so yes. on. Yes. Uh, so it's an interesting combination. There's a bit missing in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, you know, recognising that we are wearing microphones and there's a camera there, I think anybody who's listening to this, if they were honest with themselves, they'll be able to recognise that there was a period in life where everything felt really good and stable mm -hmm. and they were on it. And then at some period afterwards, something shifted, whether... And again, it would probably be one small thing to start mm. with, mm. whether everything was fine in your job, in your work, et cetera, et cetera, mm. and then one person decided to go and leave the team because mm. they were having a, a baby. perturbation of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or there would have been a period of time when you know, all your friends were really good, et cetera, et cetera, and then all of a sudden one couple fell out with another couple and or, or there was a falling out within a couple and yeah. then that disrupted the dynamics yeah. of things or you see I'd, I'd still say there's stability in that instability yes because um, it's things are constantly shifting changing repositioning um, and rebalancing and they may do that a bit quicker from time to time, but it's, mm. it's the same process that's happening. Yeah. It's just uncomfortable because so much is happening at once. Yes. To some people. Yes. And I would say that this happens probably internally in our structures, yes. internal yes. structures, how we make sense of the world, our moral compass. That would need to update itself as it were to meet the increasing complexity of the outside world mm. or either the increasing complexity of the outside world or as our capacity to be aware of more stuff grows as we grow then that will we will start to see the complexity of the outside world mm -hmm. does that make mm. sense mm. the outside world may shift mm because of things like COVID, or internally you're, you'll become more aware of things as mm. we become older. And mm. It's something I've been toying with mm. recently. Have you had an experience where things changed around you, but because you're in it, you hadn't realized they changed? Like the boiling frog? Yeah. Um, because I mean that's the same thing from a different perspective. You can be yeah. inside something 
and when you come out you look at it and oh that's completely different from what I thought because it's shifted in the meantime. Um, my most notable examples of recent in the last three to four to five years interestingly have been where I have almost been in the middle of something mm. and then the bigger parts of me have been gently moving along mm. and then all of a sudden I realise or oh, I'm, I'm actually behind where I am <laughs> yes. does, if that makes sense yeah um, there's been a number of things where I've been so caught it, it got bigger than me in a way it got bigger I, than my me. thinking didn't keep up with the reality of what was happening around yes me. and yeah. and my own growth as a human mm. Mm. and it's that's something that when i said earlier on about it it can become quite daunting what i've learned from doing the mm. podcast one of the things that weighs heavily on me at the moment is the idea that we don't stop developing just because we leave school or university that our, that our growth and, and we don't stop developing just because we level off mm. at six foot mm. one mm. And, and that's that um, we continue to grow and evolve um, and if we don't recognize if we don't recognise that, a number of things start to happen. And, and now we're into the complexity of the human journey. Um, if we don't recognise that that happens, then if we're viewing all our, everybody is on the same level, then all of a sudden we can't make sense of why everyone can't get on. Mm. Because we all think we're on the same level. Mm but yet I can't understand why you don't see the world like mm. I do or mm. that person or this mm. person mm. and so we can have a lot of speak people speaking French to German people for want of a better metaphor yes yes, yes. Um, because there's a more grown up language that different people will have and I think I think we've seen a lot of that flattening of um, oh, I don't want to listen to my parents and then that yes. carrying on into life and don't tell me what to do and we've seen a lot of smashing of or, or outrage in response to power hierarchies mm. but in that growth hierarchies mm. have been binned as well mm. I think the other challenge I see by not recognising that we grow is that the growth continues anyway and then it can become really untidy and painful and uncomfortable. Tonight I'm going to go and talk about psychological spiritual awakenings. Part of my sense around those is where we have stayed in one place but the growth pressure has become so big that all of a sudden it's like no fuck you we're going over here now mm. bang mm. and and then one of the things I found in that was people having very deep and intense unprepared journeys into their subjective 
into their inner will yeah and being stuck there yeah almost as if i clicked my fingers and then you were transported in everything that you're wearing and everything that you are straight to antarctica it's like how how did i get here <laughs> but it's straight in mm. and so and, and they're just a, two examples but by not fully beginning to appreciate and being in the complexity of what it means to be a human on a human journey from the age of dot to the age of whenever 70, 80, 90, letter from the queen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, that we cause ourselves unnecessary damage and, and we just make life unnecessarily mm. hard work mm. and we flourish less. Mm. Yeah, I often think that many people live in what I call ought land, O-U-G-H-T. It ought to be like this. And because it's yeah. not like that, yeah. they get very frustrated and edgy. Mm. Um, whereas <clears throat> if you're appreciating the complexity of the situation that you're in, there's no such thing as ought. No. Because it just is. It just is. Mm. And that, that interestingly comes back to was talking about earlier on with the role with the role of the nervous system yeah and then that being one of the drivers for creating narratives yeah yeah hmm the nervous system being a complex system in itself <laughs> and which raised the question do we have the right to understand it yes because um, mm. if you take the spiritual route and say some things are best in the unknown yeah when I went to talk about the master's course I was telling you about, this one in complexity, chaos and creativity, mm. um, <clears throat> the guy I went to see wasn't there. I mean, he had a bit chaotic experience to start with. <laughs> he got muddled up. And, but the prof was. And he said to me, Rod, that's the known. This is the unknown. Now, where do you want to play? Because there's more going on in the unknown than there is in the known, of course. Yes. And so that appreciation of the unknown, the uncertain, the complex, that you can't fully understand, are we serving anybody by trying to understand it completely? Mm. Or living with it, in it? Mm. And being as um, magnificent, if you like, as we can be within it. Yes. <laughs> yes without having to untangle it, to take it apart, to analyze it, to do it to death, which is probably ruins it anyway. <laughs> because you destroy the essence. Because you destroy the essence of it. I love the word essence. Yeah. What does it mean to you? So that might be the connection with this conversation and your talk this evening. Yes. I, at school, wrote a, we asked to write an essay in religious studies about um, why I believe in God and my response was all about well he's custodian of the unknown and we ought to respect him for that because he's got it when we should have the right to that <laughs> I thought this is going to be a terrible mark <laughs> yeah. we got a very high mark right <laughs> that's good we should respect that hmm. 
There's something to be said. So the prof was playing into my, or I was playing into his hands when he was talking about his diagram. Yes. Unless he had spotted something already. Hmm. <laughs> There's something to be said there, actually, for the more we spend time trying to unravel mm. and, and reduce and mm. map and quantify and mm. measure, mm. the more we're not spending time just being in it. Mm. And you can kind of see why one would send you slightly neurotic and one would, mm. <laughs> one would, <laughs> one would bring a deeper sense of meaning into life. Mm. And still, and calmness. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. So where, something's happened. Where's it got you to? Maybe it's not words yet. It's sort of. A don't, don't, I'm saying, don't feel obliged to answer because it may undermine or destroy what's happening, mm. what's coming. It's arriving at something that I've been feeling for a while mm. from a new place mm. of this the first week in January I always find hugely depressing because everybody's had a fortnight off and then we've all enjoyed life over Christmas not because of the presents because we've just had time off to just mm. be and then it's almost as if the first week of January rolls back and then everybody plays the game again and, mm. and yes. puts the suit on yes. and go back to and growing up in a in a boys boarding school for 11 years everything was extraordinarily regimented mm. and I I used to love disrupted days snow days were the best mm. and that's possibly why I thought Covid was so much fun because mm. it was like one enormous snow day <laughs> But it meant that from from a childhood, I had this sense of everybody doing the thing, going along, doing the right thing, doing the right thing, go along in Ortland, in Ortland, and I felt it so very, very deeply, and without wanting to deconstruct it, I've asked myself why, because I would love to disrupt it. Mm. <laughs> it's the mischievous part of me that wants, we'd love to disrupt it, um, for everyone. And you are. <laughs> and, you know, I recognize that to reduce things down to, well, if we all just did this one thing and everything would be different is, well, it's folly. 
but what are some of the things you could play with and then see what mm. might happen and there's something there for me around the sitting in unknown but not just the unknown recognizing that things are complex and going beyond the hubris of man mm. which is I've created all these amazing things and mm. the universe is mm. at my will mm. and beckon mm. and quantum physics has a lot to answer mm. for that because <laughs> it's created this incredible wave of new age spirituality that now sees the whole universe and nature and everything at everyone's beck and call because the, the electrons just fall into order as soon as I look at them and it's like Rocky listen to yourself and <laughs> the, the bits I go along with is um, the uncertainty principle mm. you can't know where something is and how fast it's going at the same time mm. And so, and for me, we can't know mm. about the whole of the universe in that way. Yeah, we're trying to. And so Heisenberg. Yeah, yeah. And so <clears throat> we're all caught up in this doing, wanting to know, mm. nervous system. There's a lot of descriptors in here. Mm. Way of being. Mm. That leads me to some of the conclusions that things like increasing rates of mental health issues are, are an indicator that not that there's something wrong with us <laughs> just the way we do life and the systems mm. that we put in place are hugely traumatic and chaotic mm. and not mm. necessarily mm. serving us mm. And so maybe earlier on, I had some reticent about mm, talking about... The more about extremes are at this end, the more extremes they're going to be at that end. Correct. So surprise, surprise, the US has got more and more and more billionaires, but more and more and more poverty. There we go. And earlier on when I, was, I, I, I talked about, you know, systems moving past a place that we can control them, I didn't feel... I didn't feel... I didn't sit right using the word control. No. Maybe it's the systems have evolved past a place that they no longer really serve us mm. and that we're serving yes. the yeah. systems. Yeah. And I know that sounds like you know, yeah. oh, slave to the man type thing, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what was going on. Yeah. I've felt this for a while, but now just. complexity lens as a new dimension to yeah. it. I'm just wondering whether complex is the wrong sort of word because it sounds quite sort of defined and scientific mm. um, and it ain't like that. <laughs> it's all soft and fuzzy and yes. indescribable and oh yes, gosh, that's, mm, yes. Yeah. 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 You say, right, it's quite complex. Oh, yes, it's complex. Yes. You, know, okay. you still know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> well, like we sort of discussed before, yes. just by calling it complex, you've yes. reduced it. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. 
with language yes. and its yes. very nature. But I'm saying that the particular word is a bad reducer anyway, because it, it's got, it conveys the wrong message about it. Mm. They're not, well, I can't say wrong, a not helpful message. It doesn't actually get you into it. Mm. Keeps you out. Mm. Mm. I guess it, the other thing that's coming up from I'm, me now. I'm in the unknown. Everything's changing around me, and I'm not quite, can't quite get hold of what this is and what that is. Isn't it wonderful? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Rather than I don't understand this, I'm going to examine that bit and examine this bit, and take it apart until I understand each bit and the way it works. Yeah. And I'll put it all back together again. <clears throat> I've just realised that's what I did with my first car, I was given an Austin 7, mm. babysitting in the UK, before <coughs> I could have a licence, and I took it apart completely and rebuilt it. Now that wasn't rebuilding a car, it was learning to drive, because I knew how to drive it through having taken it apart and put it back together again. Right. Yeah. So it was a learning to drive system, not a mechanical car system. Right. <laughs> yes. I didn't realise that till now. <laughs> do you still do that? Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying, hands thing. Mm. I get very annoyed by throwaway society stuff as well. You know, when you can see how easy it is to fix something. Yes. You can't just get the parts. They don't sell the part. You ring them up and say, this is a weighing, you know, personal weighing machine. Little part needed and they say, no, no, we don't do parts, just straight away and get another one. Well, there's a whole beautifully engineered machine there Yes, with little circuits in and very intricate bearings and weighing things, throw it away. It's unbelievable, you know, the human creativity that's gone into it. Yeah, I just buy the awful little vibrating pad. Hmm. And by just throwing it away, we reduce it and off we go to another thing. Yeah, and we've created waste in the planetary system that can't be processed. Um, we've disorganised. Um, mineral resources. The, the change that's been made through building a weighing machine, it goes way beyond the weighing machine. Hmm. No, because it's in all the sourcing of all the bits and pieces and the design work and the manufacture of different things, I mean some of it metal, some of it plastic, some of it glass, some of it rubber, it's all got to be come together. Mm. And you look at the cost you pay for it, you know, 40 bucks, now how can possibly 40 bucks value the work that's gone into that, mm. the beauty of it. <clears throat> mm. Mm. I hadn't thought of that. Well, I mean, some, some things, I mean, everyday things, you can get a feel that this is a beautiful piece of work and design. And that's, that's a wonderful feeling to have. Mm. Because there's a sense of uh, communicating with the designer and builder, constructor. Yeah. 
No, it's not just a thing, it's a message that's come with it. Now we're into aesthetics, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> Which... Yeah, beauty is the unknown. Beauty is the unknown. Try and define it. Yeah, it just is. It just is. <laughs> it's a feeling. <laughs> it's a, oh. Mm. And people, different people have different experiences with that is. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> Do you find beauty in complexity? Hmm. Hmm. I think they often go together actually. Yes. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderfully complex. Yeah. Yeah. When I won't I won't even bother to try and take it apart because I I want to appreciate the wonderment in it. Yes. Yeah. And I wonder how often we actually even do that with let's say an iPhone. Mm. Beautifully turned out, yes. little piece of kit, you know, yes. glass on the front and a couple yes. of little buttons. And yet it does all these amazing, wonderful and things. The work that goes into it and the beauty in it. And there's, I was reading the other day, there's more transistors in an iPhone than there are leaves in the universe. Wow. And it's such a huge number you can't even think of it. Wow. And at uni, I did a bit of computer science, and we had to build a testing device for what was a magnetic core store at the time. This was how storage was, a little ferrite coil. Mm. And our core store was one byte, eight bits, so it was eight little ferroid rings, and you had to, it read, you've got a pattern in it of zeros and ones, and you had to check that it got the right zeros and ones. Now that thing, eight bits, was about a mm, couple of centimetres square. <laughs> eight. Eight bits. Bytes. Bits. Eight bits. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the world has changed. The world has changed. Yes. M in all sorts of mysterious ways. And... The mysteries that are the mysteries. Say that again, sorry. The mysteries, it's changed in mis lots of mysterious ways. Yes. And the mysteries are mysteries to keep as mysteries. Hmm. So I think where we've got to is saying that, um, yes, you can break down complexity into its parts but you won't get an understanding of the whole if you do that. Yes. And trying to understand the whole is more of feeling it hmm. and being in it and appreciating your place in it than doing something to it. Yes. And um, if we tried to really get into describing and understanding and portraying and measuring that complexity, we'd wreck it anyway. <laughs> So we're better to yeah. respect it for what it is. Just by looking at it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just, yeah, we'd probably wreck it anyway yes. like that. 
Well, quantum physics has told us yeah. that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think that, because we're just talking about mysteries then, do you think that um, mysteries and certain levels of understanding of complexity, I almost want to use the word is, is, is almost time locked, as in this mystery will remain a mystery until such time all of a sudden she'll just go, hmm. Hmm. But the mystery will reveal itself. Yes. It's not that we're trying to get into it. Exactly. Yeah. The mystery will feel the time has come and reveal itself. Mm. Which can probably give you a great sense of, yeah. Aha. Uh Aha. -huh. Uh -huh. Probably a bit of synchronicity as mm. well. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, more often than not, a mystery reveals itself at a similar time that other pennies may have dropped. Something <laughs> else happens over here. Yes. Yes. Hmm. So can you set out to create those aha moments? Well, now you're back into grabbing, aren't you? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I think you've just answered it then. <laughs> yes. That sort of force versus power. Yeah. And trying to force something yeah. as opposed to the power of just yeah. allowing it yeah. Yeah. to happen. Yeah. A lot of this can be existentially challenging. Yes, I think that's the territory that it's in, in a way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because I, mean, I, I describe it more as a as philosophy, <clears throat> but mm. I think it's more than that. Mm. You're right. <clears throat> It, yeah. You know, I, I have this psychology bent that I look at mm. things through because mm. of study at university, but more and more now it includes sort of philosophy as mm. well. But I've always been particularly interested in the sort of existential level. You're just describing a whole series of reductionist thinkings. <laughs> yeah. Big areas <laughs> that have been, <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, because well, the subjects are reductionist in their own right. Well, yes, and you try and I mean you think if the medical world is a great example mm. because um, you end up going to see a doctor and then a consultant and then a specialist and then yes. there's something missing and you go back and see the naturopath. Yes. And try and sort it all out because yes. they, each of them have got a particular window into the problem you've got, but no one's got hold of the whole thing. Exactly. And the medical world is one of the worst, probably, like that. Hmm. Well, yeah, that and science. Science, yes. Yeah. Hmm. But going back to the existential part, is that the more the more I wrestle with this, the more I see 
the part of me or the part of my identity which is probably I refer to it as scaffolding mm-hmm. that's um, scaffolding that's anchored to external things mm-hmm. and and that's fine until some of those external <laughs> anchors move or get tremored and yes. then the scaffolding of the identity of Bryn shakes and it can be quite traumatic. Yeah. Yet behind the scaffolding is something that is emerging yeah. and is yeah. part of me. Yeah. And it's a feeling, it just is. And so as I come to embrace complexity or ambiguity or uncertainty more without wanting to grab, there is something there that still holds me. Hmm. 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 And that's okay? And that's okay. Is it okay or is it something else? It just is. Hmm. It gives a it gives a different sense of comfort. Yeah. I wouldn't say safety. Comfort reassurance mm. that when I begin to embrace complexity and uncertainty and truly acknowledge or drop into acknowledgement of this is all we don't know and this is what we know. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Far out. Um, that, that's okay. Mm. Mm. And, and as I move further into that, I can have these existential challenges. Um, feel like you drop into the abyss and things can become quite I mean I'm, I'm describing now some of the things I'll talk about this evening but those episodes occur more frequently now but are, are less time in duration because I just allow them to be <clears throat> because I'll know I will come back the same but different mm. And so you can almost feel like you drop into this abyss. Mm. And there aren't many, there aren't many great words to describe that. So in the middle of it, you might say, oh, I feel a bit depressed, feel mm. a bit anxious, mm. you know. But they're not actually the words. They're not mm. actually what's going on. Mm. Um, at times things can be quite dreamy. Mm. I'd say edgy. Edgy, well. dreamy. Yeah. Sometimes I can feel like somebody's slipped some marijuana in my breakfast. Mm. <laughs> like I'm a bit trippy for the rest of the day where I haven't quite got a grasp on everything. And that's okay. Mm. I can still function. But then that will cease and then something will come. Mm. And 
the more I've become okay with that happening for me, the more it's been okay to progress further into complexity and uncertainty, mm. which then probably comes back to that whole just being. Mm. And that's okay. Mm. That's the doing. Mm. 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 Yeah. I mean, I, I think that um, I've got into this more recently because of being that more reflective time of life. Mm. You know, my work type doing um, isn't around, it's more about being. Yes. In the role I have with the little groups that I help support. And that's, that's fine. Yeah. Good. Because you've taken a lot of the doing out of your life yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I find I don't want to be caught up in the doing in the same way as I used to be. So it's, it's come at a good time for me, mm. these realisations. Can make you realise what a bunch of busy idiots we can be, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Got to, got to. Yeah. Auckland, Auckland. Yeah. Should. Should in all over ourselves. Yes. Yeah. It's funny that parts of this are almost what you'll hear in if you went to a mindfulness course or yeah or, or Zen yeah. or something yes. like yes, that. Yes, exactly. Yes. Hmm. But the problem is, it's been called a mindfulness course. Well, yes, and now it's this, yes. <laughs> and it has boundaries. Yes. This is what you do to be mindful. Yes. Do this, and then yes. this, and then this, yes. and, th and, th and then enlightenment will be yes. yours, yes. and we'll send you the yes. t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> mm. So that mode of being has got made into a doing. Yes. Yeah. And with something my we work on the assumption that my experience of mindfulness is probably going to be different to yours, then my path is going to be subjective mm. and different to yours. Mm. <clears throat> which is <clears throat> that example in and of itself is kind of something where I find this inattention and there's a part of me that wants to do something mm. in that I'm starting to recognize gaps in human capability for realizing what, what is emerging for someone in any given field and being okay and owning that journey. Does that make sense? Mm. Sure, if we're talking about an external thing like I cut my arm and it's a big gash, then yeah, I'm not gonna see the doctor to stitch yeah. it up and put the things in and, and that's fine. But then when it comes to my 
inner experience and journey and the things I mm. need to do. Of that cut. Maybe of that cut. Yes, I'm just thinking there's layers of the cut because mm. there'll be your experience of it and what you're learning from it as well as fixing the cut. Yes. And all sorts of other things as well. Hmm. And your feelings around it. Yes. And then what my friends might say about yes. it. Yes. And how, yeah, how has the systems around dealt That's right. with it? That's right. And so having this more integrative understanding mm. of just one event. Mm. And yeah, possibly taking that a little bit more, I wouldn't say seriously, but that's not quite the word. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's never, the word just is important because there's never a just. <laughs> no. <laughs> there's always an and. There used to be, when I worked for a company called, uh, a consultancy called Turner and Townsend back in England, we used to have a director who was Scottish and I used to dread his phone calls because it would usually be, oh, Blin, I want you to go and work on a job. It's only four weeks and you're just gonna have yes. to do all you have to, and I would just dread it. Because as soon as somebody just said, says, oh, it's just going to be this, it's only yes. you're going to be in, you're going to be out, like, you know, you know, it's going to be far from that. Yeah. 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 Because it's never. Yeah. <laughs> my father has this uh, funny nickname, which is called, from my mum, and if he's listening to this, he's going to kill me now. Um, from mum is, He's called, uh, I think it's like, Four Jobs Rog. Because if you'll do one job, it will create three more. <laughs> but the trouble is, is, that's what life's like. Yes. Yeah. Three jobs might not be the ones that you want, you know. You do yeah. this, you spill that, yeah. and that means that it's cleaning, yeah. and then you realise that you don't have a cleaning solution, so then you have to go to the shop. <laughs> it's all like, fuck, it was from one thing. But... It's never one job. Mm. 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 But then it's nice to pop boundaries around things so you get a sense of achievement. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do with my hands-on stuff. Yes. It's a project, but you're right, the projects always get bigger. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. So you do have to stick some boundaries around yeah. it. Yeah. And you wonder whether, oh, should I be doing this after all? And maybe if I got someone to do it, they would have done it professionally and much quicker and it would have been... It would have been tickety-boo. But I wouldn't have the same feeling about it because somebody else did it. Mm. Yeah. And, that's and I want to have all the learnings about it. That's dilemma I'm living with at the moment. Sorry? That's the dilemma I'm living with at the moment. <laughs> Too many projects. Yes. Yeah. And not enough time. Even now. Yes. Yeah. Well, I have more time. Mm. Well, maybe I don't actually. Maybe I'm just not sending invoices. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. So where have we got to now then? Um, well, we've got to, as you say, more of an existential discussion mm. and philosophical about 
um, people's well the way people embrace or not complexity and uncertainty mm. you've added uncertainty into it mm. yeah and I guess last little penny drop for me is that obviously now talking about a subject like complexity was always going to go across many different realms because it's not one course. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to be reduced to just complexity. No. <laughs>